I'm just gonna go because I can okay. take a start off with it. Yeah, because if we don't start, then we'll never start. Okay, if you want to do today, that's cool. Yeah, um, with that. Whatever you're feeling. Yeah, like the thing that came into my head was talk about how how I grew up with spirituality. And yeah. Like, and what happened at episode one, episode two, Anne Marie. Or you. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I think you've got this. Yeah. So what happened? Was Jesus in your life from a young age? <clears throat> yes. Yeah? How from so? Like, I ate my bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about Can I you and record? <laughs> <laughs> so just, just to let you know, we're sitting at the bridge. The highest hill in Monastrevin. <laughs> <laughs> at Umaris. We're at the bridge at Umaris for sunrise. On Sunday morning, it's very beautiful. Mm. Is the moon gone actually? She's somewhere. I can't see her anymore. Um, so you're born into a Catholic family. Yes, very Catholic family, I would say. Mm. My dad reads at mass. Hmm. Um, I read at mass. Did you? I did a little bit as well. Mm. Um, but it wasn't very enjoyable because Father Townsend was very strict. Very strict <laughs> about how he read. <laughs> um, sorry, I shouldn't eat banana. <laughs> I don't think I should eat banana today. You can eat banana. Um, we had to count like a few seconds between each. Yeah, it was very regimented. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, your dad read at mass. Dad read at mass. We went to mass every weekend, half seven on a Saturday evening. And then the, the evening mass folk. Yeah, yeah. Same spot every week if you could get it. <laughs> um, And I used to absolutely detest mass. I hated everything about it. I got so bored. I get in trouble for talking and laughing. Didn't understand any of the prayers. It didn't get exciting until I was allowed to eat communion. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was delicious and that was something to look forward to. Um, and I thought that the church was very beautiful and the roof looked like um, a decorated birthday cake. Mm. Decorate. You know the ones you used to get in the 90s with colour the icing and then white bits around them. I don't think we really got cakes. Oh, right, okay. That's for another story. <laughs> <laughs> so, then I went to a really Catholic primary school and we said prayers when we went in in the morning, prayers before and after breaks, prayers at the Did end of the day. The prayers before you ate. We didn't sing them. No, he said, um, Bless us, O oh Lord, for the food we have eaten. Yeah, yeah, that Did one. Did sing that? No, oh, we okay. said it. Sorry, I am going to stop this now. Sorry, this <laughs> is probably wrong. <laughs> Leave the banana down. Okay, it's gone. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry. This is the last this is video. ASMR, banana eating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... And then we used to do the Angelus at 12 o'clock. Hmm. Um, a group of, I think, six class students would go in to the microphone in the principal's office and do the Angelus at 12 o'clock, which you was like... a mic back then. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, no pressed mic. the button on it. and It was great. I liked doing that one. Uh, would you get down on your knees for it? No. no. Not that I can remember. Okay. Um... But it never, 
it, none of it ever made any sense to me. I found it all very confusing. It was like, you know, the way it was like, uh, God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the yeah. Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just like accepted it all, but I didn't get it at mm. all. I was like, who's who's who in this situation? Mm. Yeah, it just like never made any sense, but I followed it like fairly blindly. Um, but then I had like my own relationship with God because I would say my prayers every night. So I'd be chatting away to him then. What would you, what would you be praying like? I used to just pray for people. Oh. Yeah. And, and like then the more I got older and the more people died, the list just got longer and longer. So I'd be like praying for granny and praying for like these little girls that died that were on the news from England and like you just oh, got yeah. just like do you remember them yeah, too yeah got murdered by yes. man Holly yeah. and Jessica yeah I used yeah. to pray for them every that's night that's awful that's awful what, uh, so you only prayed for dead people uh yeah 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 why is that I don't know I don't know were you told that you have to pray for people to get into heaven um no it was just like a little nod to I don't know it's like a That's little respectful thing. Yeah. But that was my only, yeah, that was my only thing with God. Um, I just didn't really connect to the whole thing at all. And nobody ever explained anything to me properly. Like, um, then I, when I turned like 16 or 17 and mass clashed with going out, then that was it. And I already was like, I was already really over it anyway. No 7.30 Saturday mass for you anymore. No, finished. And I didn't, yeah, I wasn't getting anything out of it anyway, mm. other than like the church being a nice, peaceful place. So forgot about it then for a long time. 17 still a good age to be, to have struck up all those Saturday evening masses. Well, that's because I was very obedient up until that point and my parents made me go. Were they not very upset when you did? Mm, not, I don't know. They never said anything. So I didn't really... Question. I didn't care. It was like going out and getting drunk, trying in to get port. with boys in port <laughs> and one is driving. <laughs> Just took priority over all that stuff. And then what happened with your relationship to spirituality? Uh, then it just wasn't there for, I'd say, like 10 years maybe. Wow. Yeah, just nothing. What would you say your God was during that time? Nothing. I, there just wasn't anything there at all. I think I felt very like, I think because I hated school so much mm. and because it was so hard, I felt very like abandoned because I'd been such a good little Catholic girl, like mm. the goodest little girl. Not <clears throat> better than me. <laughs> <laughs> And I felt like I'd tried to do everything right, be really good, be really good at school, be nice to people, mm. get good grades and all that stuff. And then I got into secondary school and I hated it and it was horrible and I felt really alone. So I was like, fuck you, you didn't do anything for me. So bye. Fuck you to God or to yeah. the school? All, or to of, all it, of it? All Did of you it. connect all of it? No, not then. Only now. But like... That's who your fuck you was too. Like you, like in hindsight, you yeah. put it all back together and just was like, I'm leaving that behind. Yeah. When oh. you went on to college. 
yeah, it wasn't like a conscious thing. Because, mm. you know, people ask you every now and again about your religion. Mm. As I got older and older, I just like stopped identifying as Catholic and just said that I wasn't religious at all. I would have said that I was, I think in college, I would have said that I was agnostic. But that was as much as I thought about. Well, the reason why I asked you, what did you worship in that time? Is because I think the human condition is that there is things they worship, whether it's a god, whether it's different vices, whether it's people or or things in your life end up you be end up making them your higher power if you don't have a, a higher power that oh. you pray to or, or yourself that you your higher power yeah right so there's item or like things come into play there that without you knowing become mm. something you worship i'm doing quotations <laughs> <laughs> i started idolizing people mm. and partying mm. I thought partying was, I mean, it was fun and it was free and, and it was cool. I thought it was cool. And I started idolizing people, some people I met in college that I just, who had grown up differently to me and who had, I suppose, like different relationships with their families and stuff. And I was like, I'd like a bit of that. So I think I started taking on things that I liked about people. Yeah. And just, and just partying all the time. That's what I did. And I let go of, like, really giving a shit about doing well in college and stuff because I'd tried so hard when I was younger and burned myself out. So I was kind of over that. So I just did what I needed to do to get through it and not fail. Nice. Mm. The church of the party goer. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's great crack. And then what happened after that? <clears throat> um. Then I began to worship a boy <laughs> <laughs> the church of Nile. <laughs> um yeah then I fell in love and it was the first time that I had like a really strong love in my life in I like I don't know how many years definitely went through secondary school feeling fairly alone so I don't know I suppose from like 11 11 to like 20 and then I fell in love with him and it was the best feeling ever because I'd never, I felt like I'd never really had that before. So I just rolled with that, followed that to Australia, <laughs> went wherever it went, <laughs> basked, basked in its light <laughs> and was like, oh my God, I can't believe this has happened. How, yeah, I wouldn't do anything to hold on to this. That's what I did then for <clears throat> eight years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And still no connection to God or spirituality in that time? Mm, no, in Australia, no, not at all. So for two years after college, I don't think I went near a church. Oh, I did once when I was living in the outback, like six hours west of the coast. Um, I went into the church because I was living in this little town called Roma and I, it was really isolated. I was really isolated there. Um, it was my choice, but I was very isolated. I went in there just to feel a bit of familiar, familiarity and peace and stuff. Yeah. 
and I met Sister Nora, who's an Irish nun, and she was lovely. That was the only time in Australia. And how did you pray? Did you continue saying prayers or anything like that? No, I didn't believe in it. I didn't. Oh, you dropped all that as well. Yeah, everything. Let go of it all. And then I moved to London and didn't go near a church in London. Just got engulfed by the city life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I became a, a city girl. <laughs> Country mass, city mass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I didn't didn't go near religion at all then either when I was in London. And then what was the breakthrough? Or the what was the bridge, the connecting? Like how did you happen upon finding something again? Um, then I went to Canada. So Australia, London. I just kept partying and started working in TV in London and started focusing on those kind of goals. I suppose I just got, I became very materialistic. I just got really into how I looked and going out and getting drunk and going out for really nice meals with my friends. Um, yeah, doing all that sort of stuff. Are you still in the Church of Nile at this stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until I got to Canada. When I got to Canada, I really needed a break because I've been working in TV for like two and a half years, and it's a really burning outy sort of um, what's it called industry. Mm. And so I was just, I was really exhausted, and I needed a break, and I didn't really get one when I got to Canada because I started working. We moved into a place straight away and I started working straight away because um, we needed to pay for the deposit for the house and stuff. So I was working in a cafe for a couple of months and that was kind of chill and I was still going out drinking all the time and and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Plus whatever. And then... Partying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just having all the fun. And I, I worked on a movie... And it was the hardest, it was an independent film, so they didn't have much money. We had to work really, really long, mad hours. And my relationship probably wasn't already good at that point. But I didn't really notice, because Canada was such a big new distraction. that I didn't have to focus on it. And I burned out again doing that movie. It was really hard and... I think that was kind of what tipped me over the edge because some things happened that made me realise that I wasn't really in my relationship anymore. Um, because he was my, he'd been my focus for like eight years and I sort of felt like I'd put everything into that and I didn't know where else to go or look. So when I realised that wasn't working, I was like, shit <laughs> everything fell apart but I suppose it would be like a, a world shattering decision to try and make whether to stay in that or leave it because it's all you knew it's everything you built up around you yeah yeah it was yeah I yeah I basically like let go of everything that I'd had as a comfort when I was at home from like the church to my family and 
I didn't even really see my home friends all that much anymore. So I just like jumped on that Choo-choo. and made that everything. <laughs> Mad bitch. <laughs> no, it happens. And then, yeah, I just totally like broke down, fell apart and went to a therapist in Canada. <laughs> went to therapy. <laughs> No, I shouldn't say that. Therapy's great. Therapy's great. Therapy's fantastic. I recommend it yeah. to anyone. And he helped me realise that my my thoughts and my emotions weren't exactly in alignment. Because in my head I was like, I'm going to get married and go back to Ireland and have babies and be a successful TV woman and everything's going to be great. But that's not how I was feeling. I was actually feeling really trapped. <laughs> wow, so there was a big disconnect there. Massive, massive, massive. Sure, I knew because I was traveling all around the place. I don't mm. know why I was like, the logical next step for me wasn't to go back to Ireland and settle down. It was to keep traveling. Keep traveling, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but I was just ignoring that. And that was when I started doing loads of yoga. Had you done yoga before that point? Yeah. No, not really. Like, a little bit. Who introduced you to her? I'd done odd yoga classes, but literally, like, I'd say a couple, a year mm. since I was, like, 22. Like, tried it when I was in Southeast Asia, but I was, like, very inflexible, so I don't really care about this. And then I got an injury playing Ga in London, and the physio told me to do yoga. So I started doing some free classes, and I liked it then, but I kind of just, I I just didn't keep doing it. And then I went to Canada and I tried to do it a little bit there, like in the beginning, but it just didn't really stick. But then when myself and Niall broke up, I, yeah, I just started doing, I didn't want to play ga. I was over the ga. Over was that the to do it because it was connected to him as well? or Yeah, it was. Because he was playing for the only team in Vancouver, so mm. kind of needed a bit of separation there, and also, yeah, I just I just needed a break from Ga. I was over, I was yeah, I was over it. Like I'm not, yeah, I never really cared about winning. It was like what twenty years of playing. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Maybe I did when I was younger. Playing for county. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> London, twenty fifteen. <2015. laughs> um. Yeah, I was just over. I was over the Ga thing. Like. I didn't care about winning and just wanted to make friends with the other players. So then you went to the yoga studios in Vancouver. Yeah, I just loved it so much because I would go and I would practice and then I would cry, just like cry on the mat afterwards, like every time. I just bawl and it felt like, it was like the first thing that, I did that was that felt like I was taking control of something mm. in my life and it was the first time that I paid attention to my body do you think because maybe the focus was finally back on you again not on things external yeah yeah that's definitely what it was uh, so I did that for like a year I did like loads and loads and loads of yoga for a year in Canada that's why you're so flexible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I still didn't feel very connected 
to my spirituality then I suppose like a little bit that was just the start of it like the therapy and yoga and getting to understand myself a little bit more and being so close to nature in Vancouver it's a homecoming isn't it like like spirituality the essence of it is coming home to your body and sitting within it Mm. and being okay with that yeah yeah that's what it was because I was on my own for the first time really ever like felt on my own for the first time ever I started to remember the things that I enjoyed doing when I was on my own that I just totally turned away from and lost confidence in over the years I'd done like little bits and bobs but like I really started playing the ukulele again and I started doing loads of cycling and I started remembering how important nature is to me and the trees and stuff and because I was paying attention to myself more I started to really feel what those things did for me Mm. so that that to me is like spirituality I suppose yeah well definitely nature I think it can wake us up to like how it's like you don't have to be anything you just have to be (laughs) and you can see that in nature by just walking around and looking at the trees, the sunrise, the moon, everything. They're just doing their thing. They're not trying to do anything more than just be what they are. Yeah. Starting to... <laughs> getting there, getting there, getting there. You're there. Um, what next? What next? Well, did you invite the church back into your life then? Or was there a type of religion or... Like, I know people get into yoga and it is a reconnection to themselves and their body again. But, like, how does yoga bring you closer to, like, God or a higher power? Or does it do that? No, it didn't. I mean, it did, but that wasn't in my awareness then. It gave me a sense of body awareness that I hadn't had since I was, like, a child. So when I started opening up my muscles and strengthening my body and oiling my joints I had like oiling my joints (laughs) (laughs) I had more freedom of movement yeah in my body and that freedom of movement kind of freed my mind up a little bit as well because I feel like when your body is closed off because you know with like your body it's like if you don't use it you lose it so you as we get older like we we lose certain like ranges of motion and I'd never paid any attention to my body before. I just like threw myself into loads of sport, and that's how I got injured in the first place. Because I was, I wasn't, I wasn't aligned properly, and I wasn't doing things right. So it gave me a sense of body awareness, and it helped me focus on my breath. And because I'm, I didn't realize I was an anxious person, but I am. And then I was really, really anxious. So I learned how to breathe slowly, and get beyond my frustration to like a place of calm so brought like a new awareness to your daily experience really yeah of being in your body and being or dealing with your emotional state yeah it was a combination of doing that and being alone in Vancouver it was having all this space Mm. and for me like coming from London I did I kept looking for the 
party in Vancouver, but it was it just wasn't the same for me as London, which is a good thing. So when that got taken away, oh my God, did you hear that? Is that your tummy? Yeah. Oh. Oh, those mountains moving. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'll eat. The, I'll eat the banana after. Just to make such a weird noise. So, like, what I'm wondering is, it seems to have started you on some kind of search. That, like, coming home to your body, coming home to you, becoming more aware of how you operate in the world seems to have started this search within you that maybe has opened up a new pathway of spirituality for you yeah yeah it's it sent me looking for um well I didn't know it at the time but just love Mm. I'd always like just been like reaching for it externally through I don't know other people partying nice clothes Lots of things. City life was like amazing for distracting you. And then when I realized, yeah, when I lost it from Niall and that love went away, that was like, I be, I just got really lonely because I didn't feel it anymore. I felt really disconnected. So, yeah, I suppose I started realizing that I had to work on myself. And getting the love from you. Yeah. Yeah, I still didn't realise that at the time. I was still looking for it from other where did people. Where Huh? At the time, where did that look for love lead you? To really, really amazing friends. I just surrounded myself with great people in Vancouver and spent as much time with them as I could. A lot of women. Mm. <laughs> Vancouver is good for that. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, your search seems to have deepened though then like so I think that was like sounds like it was a breakthrough of somewhat into a realization that that you have been using methods and distractions outside yourself to feel love and more whole as a person but then the realization of that came after your breakup and then your search continued and then where did you go with that? Traveling. I left Vancouver and I went to Central America and that was a big that was a solo travel yeah after years of travelling with yeah I done the l- church in Isle yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I'd done little bits on my own but I so I had this like I was like painfully shy even when I was even then yeah 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 I just was really good at hiding it I was really determined to get over it so I just kept throwing myself into situations. It worked eventually. Um, so I went to Central America and I knew that was going to be like a massive challenge for me because it was going to face me with how socially anxious I was. And it did. But I did it. And I met some amazing people and saw some amazing things. And so that felt like a big thing. I still didn't really know like what I was doing half the time with the stuff I just was knew that it felt like the right thing to do at this stage were you <clears throat> continuing the yoga and things like that not when I was traveling no no I just see I kept I was still partying and stuff as well yeah and that was the other thing too because like things were happening like obviously little things were happening over the years but I think when um a big thing was like drugs as well mm. like kind of showed me that there are that you can alter your like consciousness 
I suppose like stuff like pills and MDMA showed me like <laughs> you're like are you really saying this? But it's important. <laughs> yeah, it's important. Know. It's really important. It is. It yeah. was a massive thing. Yeah. Um, because I drank for so long and that like that makes you feel a certain way, but alcohol can also like drag you down and stuff and it's make a you present. Yeah. yeah. So everything can gets a little bit darker. Maybe not while you're on it, but definitely after. Yeah. Whereas with drugs, it was like, I was just, I was just happy. So I kind of... Like lifted. Yeah. Free, totally free mm. and full of love. Because it drops the inhibition wall that we have, even more so than alcohol. Yeah. And you just have love for yourself and for everyone. So I knew that that existed in some way. And because I, I, like, I mean, I kept trying to like <laughs> taste it that way. <laughs> but obviously that's not sustainable because then all of your... Your happiness levels are down after mm. that. It's just what it's borrowed, borrowed energy. It's, it's borrowed energy. Borrowed, borrowed, borrowed happiness. Borrowed serotonin, really. Because yeah. Because you're getting it from an external source, and then your your body stops making it. Um. So then, when you're not on stuff, you get a low. Yeah. Lower than usual. Yeah. So, like that, I'd had like that amazing experience when I was like twenty two. Mm. And that continued for years. And then between that and working a mad job and like obviously not listening to my inner voice for such a long time when I crashed and realised that that wasn't sustainable. I suppose I needed to like look for that but in a healthier way. Mm. You seem to have taken yourself to burnout quite a lot of times. Yeah, good few it times. Seems, it seems like it was a pattern. Like you'd go hard, burn out crash rebuild go hard again like yeah what's different this time like when was your last burnout and my last burnout was just before I went to yoga teacher training well when yeah did you do that? this time last year okay I planned on going to so I was in South America after another stint in London where I burned out again <laughs> um so I'm back to London after Canada Worked in telly again, burned out again, went off to South America and had a great time. But yeah, right before yoga teacher training, I met a boy in Ecuador and was hanging out with him. And he was, he was bad news. <laughs> <laughs> he was a hot surfer boy, but yeah, he was a big mad party head. So I got honoured with him for maybe a month and was just in bits by the time I landed at yoga teacher training so yeah I did it right up until last year <laughs> I was repeating that pattern so you were like a, a bit of a shell arriving at yoga teacher training yeah yeah I was very like when I arrived at yoga teacher training I was like quite closed off and like just really exhausted mm. and a little bit cynical of all these people at the training they're just like, oh, love, oh, love yoga. Namaste. Yeah. But that only lasted a few days. Then I just got into it and got all that out of my system. And then, yeah, just resolved to never let it happen again, even if I have to be. See, I was always like about, it's like how we're raised, isn't it? To like get on the path, build your career, be successful, be able to say that you're this thing. So I was like, script. I'm going to be a documentary director and I'm going to be able to say that I'm that. Is that what you wanted? It's not what I, it's not what like my body wanted. 
yeah. it's what I thought I should want so I was going for that it's like your mind and eat your banana will you just eat your banana <laughs> <laughs> Jesus I think I'm going to need chat away there do 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 no, do no go on do. ask questions on oh why asking you questions yeah. okay I'm filming what I was saying okay so you're you just arrived at your yoga teacher training after wrecking your body. Yeah. Which I, I think which I think is a very common thing when somebody is ready to let go of Well for me anyway, if when I'm ready to let go of something, I probably do it to the max right before I'm ready to let go of it. And it's like it's like finally like like a big last hurrah. And it's like my body, mind and spirit knows this, so it goes hard and then you get washed up to the shore of for you it was the yoga teacher training mm. and you said you arrived with a closed heart but it seems to have only taken days for you to open up again yeah like what was it about those people or that situation or um, that setting that helped you to realize that this is more in alignment with what you want to do and who you want to be rather than part of you because you've taken that and become a yoga teacher trainer straight away and that's very uncommon a lot of people do their teacher training and then they just put their certificate on the wall but you actually did something with it and very rapidly so it must have really hit a nerve and connected with you in such a way that caused you to mobilize so quickly mobilize I powered up very quickly as the yoga teacher. <laughs> um, but, it, but seriously, there was, there was something in... People get a calling to something, like for priests and nuns and stuff. I'm not saying it's the same, but I'm saying yeah. they get... Like, people are called to do things and it causes them to act quickly and with such knowing. And it seems like you, for this, for the teaching of the yoga mm-hmm. the yoga <laughs> it seems like you were called to do it because you've you did it with such conviction and and yeah made it happen so what was that about that place about becoming a teacher that instilled in you this knowing that you seem to have about it it was that i was surrounded by just really curious open-minded kind loving people who weren't I think for the first time in my life projecting anything onto me so I was just surrounded by kindness and that's kind of all I ever really wanted so I was just free to be myself and start to like go deeper into the healing because it's really hard to go into healing properly when you're surrounded by people who have the same who've gone down the same path as you or have their own insecurities or similar insecurities to you. Because I was really, I really wanted to get off the get whole career off thing. Yeah. What's it called? <laughs> the, hams- the, the hamster. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so script. bad. It was so bad for me. But I was still, like in my life. It's an attractive, shiny hamster though. Like it's got lights. It goes round and round and round. Yeah. <laughs> All the other hamster wheels are going too. So you're like, cool, this is what we do. Yeah. So that was, that was the first time where I was like in this like unbelievable villa in the north of Colombia with these amazing people. It was just like, it was just a healing place, mm. total healing. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe like three, four, four hours of yoga a day, Whoa. good food, 
talks about philosophy and... Was it kind of the first time in a long time that you gave yourself the time and space and energy to just put into you? Yeah, yeah, that was exactly it. And that felt good? Yeah, it felt really good. And you wanted more of it? Yes. And you wanted to do this for other people? Yeah, I wanted to share it with other people because it's like, it's self-regulation and it's mad that more people don't Mm. get to... They don't get to know about it, a lot of people, because we're we're told to go, go, seek go, external go. things mm. and go all the time, so that you don't have time to think about anything. Because if you have time to think about anything, then maybe you'll feel sad, or maybe you'll start to ask some questions, and that's a great big unknown. So yeah, I did that, and then well, then honestly, if I think if um. Because I came home during lockdown, I think if all this hadn't happened, maybe I would have gone to the UK, gotten a TV contract. And I don't know what would have happened because I was broke. I had no money left. And got back in your wheel. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think, I think I would have gotten out of it soon because I was like, I just couldn't do any more burnouts. But then it happened and I ended up back in Ireland and then I ended up back in Monastrevin and all the stuff that I'd run away from. (laughs) Here I am. (laughs) Yeah, all the stuff that I'd run away from, like... Eight years ago, nine years ago. Uh, I suppose I kind of left when I went to Galway when I was 18. Yeah. I came back a little bit, but I kind of had a foot out the door then. Uh, yeah, so I kind of had to face all that and like start to think about all the stuff that I'd gone through when I was growing up that had made me who I was and actually deal with it. So It's kind of like the universe had an idea with you for your healing process. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> come back home and unpack yeah so I kind of have dealt with loads of that and I'm dealing with that now and then I started teaching yoga at home and I thought it was nice because but how did you start now this is a good one uh teaching yoga in my parents garden on the deck and oh I started in Dublin when I landed back on zoom on my friend's rooftop because his house is so small (laughs) I can only teach on the roof Um, resourceful (laughs) so I started teaching my friends on zoom and my football team in London and doing little workshops and stuff Um, and I'd go to the Phoenix Park every day with my yoga mat because the weather was so good last year and just practice and be doing headstands in the park and having the crack in the park and yeah then I came home to Kildare and started teaching on the Deccan teaching in people's gardens and then, yeah, when the weather got cold, then just found a place to open the studio. And like, what was, how, what was it that motivated you to do this? To uh, To start teaching straight away. Um, well, that's the skill that I had just learned. So it was either that or, I don't know, be on, be on the dole trying to figure out something new or go back to telly. And mm. I knew that yoga was really good for me and I find it. I think because of my, whatever way my mind is, I don't know if it's like an anxious mind or just my mind, that, because I, I can get so um, in my head that I, I find it really hard to make new things stick. But I knew that yoga was really good for me. I could feel it in my mind and my body. So I knew that it was really important for me to keep doing it. Mm. Like vital, like it was vital for me to keep doing it. Vital. Yeah. Vital. Vital. <laughs> vital. <laughs> All my speech and drama. I love it. Gone to waste. It's like vile, vile, vital. <laughs> vital, sorry. <laughs> and like, 
so would you say now that you have a spiritual practice or you are a spiritual person or what does like what is spirituality really for me for you um what does it mean for you it means well of late it has as of late <laughs> as of late it has come to mean um i've had to deal with my sense of aloneness that feeling of being alone that i've had like I've I feel I feel like I've I've had it for like forever that I'm that I'm on my own and I don't I don't know that, I, that it's hard to like connect to other people. For me, spirituality is trying to strengthen that connection with myself and get back to myself, like back to the person who I was before. I don't know when you came out of the womb. Yeah, yeah, the perfect perfect little baby I was. Mm, you come out perfect. Yeah, so. It's like finding that, literally finding that love inside myself for myself and for other people, and then also remembering that I'm that I'm part of something bigger, and it's kind of like finding and strengthening that connection to love and the love and support that's kind of out there for me. That's all very new, though. Yeah, for me. What do you do on a daily basis, or aim to do daily that? That helps you feel the love and connection with yourself. What you I take plant medicine. <laughs> hey. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, God. That oh, people, God. That people at home. <laughs> what do you do daily that the folks at home could maybe try and do or not daily even like every so often that reconnects you yeah that's a really important part as well though the plant medicine yeah yeah it's, it, it was massive you never, massive, told, massive. never told us about that okay yeah okay so when i came home and what was i doing teaching away in the studio studio got shut down and locked down um, and then I had like way more time and space to be dealing like dealing with myself in my hometown and I kept wondering why I was holding myself back with the studio I was like why do I have such a sense of like pressure and stress and dread around this and I didn't want that burnout thing to happen again so I decided that I needed to find a balance between having my own business and like enjoying life mm. or that they needed to be the same thing like it all needs to be the one thing just life like it all needs to be just life and it needs to be whatever I want it to be um but there was something like blocking me so I decided to start figuring that out so I, I did the plant medicine thing and that I don't know if people know what plant medicine is how do you explain what plant it's a plant that connects you to higher levels of consciousness yeah or to what like what I don't know, to what some people would call God, universal energy, love, whatever. Yeah? Yeah, it releases DMT, which is the one molecule that all living beings contain. It's created naturally by the body, but plant medicines such as ayahuasca and San Pedro and ibogaine and peyote, all natural plants, um, they when you ingest it um, and it's broken down in your body, DMT is released, which connects you to all living beings because um, we're all one anyway so it yeah brings I I'll leave my story for another day <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it lets you embody that so like I don't know the thing for me with spirituality is like 
I could like over intellectualize it so I could like read and read and read mm. and listen to podcasts and stuff, but never actually do anything about it because it's good to like self study when you're doing stuff mm. because what what works for one person isn't going to work for another person, um, which is why organized religion doesn't work for me. Yeah, I try to like embody all the things that I do. So like I meditate and I do yoga and stuff, but it only gets me so far. Mm. And that sense of loneliness was just like so strong at the end of last year. I don't know if it's that time of year, if it's winter. I don't know what it is. I think it could be when I'm in winter. And SAD, I think we all have it. Yeah. Seasonal affective disorder. So it was particularly strong and I wanted to explore it more, but I, I felt like I'd been looking for like a spiritual teacher, a guide for a while. And then you came in. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been very helpful. Um, and then I did plant medicine and it... I do not administer plant medicine. She doesn't administer <laughs> plant medicine. No, this is, this is all me. Um, I took San Pedro. And I, for the first time since... I think since I had been in love with Niall, I felt that sense of like love and support and safety because it like it allows you to get out of your head and drop into your heart which I don't know if that might like not everyone's going to connect to that I don't think no and we're going to have we'll we're going to interview um a few people that can really explain that more and delve into it yeah we're not yeah support I'm not we're not supporting or condoning the use of plant medicine no I'm just saying I did it it's just to uh, I suppose supply you with I'm just telling you the crack okay so um yeah so I took plant medicine up. and what it does is like it basically does what like a really really long meditation would do for you which is to allow you to get out of your thinking mind and into your feeling body um, it connects you to your heart and yeah. it, it opened up my heart for the first time in like three years or longer I would say because I'd like forgotten what it felt like to feel love and like to feel safe because when I was with my ex I felt all of those things and then with that love and support that I could feel uh, I was then able to start digging deeper into like childhood trauma and find ways to like get into it and process it and release it from my body. This is a lot. This is that's a this is a lot. We might I might just like you just just know that it helps me <laughs> a lot. We can um, go into all that down the line. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And we can explain that stuff more. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. We'll do that. Yeah. We could do an episode solely on experiences up through that, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'll just leave that there. Anyway, that like accelerated my healing and that connected me to something bigger than myself. Mm. Um, and that's kind of where I am now. I'm still like, yeah, like integrating what I learned from that into... Into your daily life. Yeah. That's it. Are you going to continue on this path of like, like the thing with healing is when do, when are we healed? When is the healing done? Like, when you reach Nirvana or Samadhi or <laughs> Bliss. No, it goes on forever. Yeah. It goes on forever. But I think you can become aware of your ingrained thought patterns and choose to not act on the ones that come from a place of um, trauma. Mm. So you're more in 
control of the machine that is your body. Yeah. I think you highlighted really well that that spirituality for you is a reconnection back to who you are before all the programming came in. Mm. And it's like finding your way back to that. Yeah. And embodying that in your daily life. But we don't really you don't you don't have a god you pray to or or a higher power, do you? Or mm. what what's your stance on that? That's started to come back in again recently. Okay. Like because things are because of all the work that I've been doing over the last few years is starting to be reflected in what's coming into my life. Mm. Um so I'm really Which aware of that space. now. Such as you. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been expressing gratitude for that and just asking for help and a little bit of guidance when I need it. Mm. Um, so do you believe there's a higher power in a sense? hundred percent, yeah. yeah. I, I think, yeah, the, you can work, the, the universe is there and you can, yeah. you can work with it. Yeah. I think, I think the word God episode. just scares people. But like the universe creator, higher power, it's there for me yeah for me it is and i have had some experiences that i can talk about a different time tbc that kind of they affirm it for me but it's all very embodied that's the thing so it's something that people try to intellectualize but it's actually about experience and and if you can yeah i don't know i don't want to go too far into that but that's all right. We can hit that another time. Yeah. Where can we find you? Where can we find you? You can find me at the sign of the road <laughs> by Omeris Bridge in Mount Rice. <laughs> five days a week, Monday to Friday, 6am to 8am. Watching the sunrise. No, I mean, um, you're doing, you're still doing your yoga, hey? Oh yeah. Yoga. Online yoga um, every week at Oak and Soul. S-O-L-E. Yeah, like the... Fish. And Insta Oak and Soul. At Oak and Soul. And then you can get me on the WhatsApp if you want to book classes. <laughs> Plus 353 <laughs> Or you can get me on Oak and Soul Yoga at gmail.com through whatever medium you like. Amory writes um, a lovely email weekly um so give her a shout if you want on that oh yeah i do i like to send out a little weekly email and i'm doing the paddle your own canoe workshop so it's like people coming paddle in helping you take control of your own bits and bobs in your mind your body your emotions um over lockdown nice little workshops adele They're does great. some too yeah i'll be doing one soon yeah. possibly next weekend i'm off next weekend yeah Cool. Um, thanks so much for I sharing hope that was okay. your scale. It was okay. It was great. Yeah. It was really good. Okay. I think like, it's important to introduce people to our story a little bit. So yeah. Cool. Okay. Let's have it now. Yeah. Thanks enough. Bye. <laughs>